Well, you know, TAMPS really, if you think about, you know, where SEI started and, and you know, where the, the, the mega TAMPS, you know, kind of came from, that was the first thing to outsource. That was the first thing that made sense to advisors to outsource. I mean, they knew that they, you know, weren't very good at, at investments uh, and, and they were very happy to turn to somebody, you know, who had some expertise in there. So what's happened is, is that they've, they've had to, and I think this is a really good thing for the end clients, is they've had to adopt and, and include and integrate uh, more tools. You know, first it was you need to have a good onboarding you know, solution. Well, now it's onboarding proposal generation. I think the next generation, the next turn here will be the integration of, of planning uh, into the TAMP solution so that the plan is linked to the investment solution so that any change to the plan you know, immediately kicks off, uh, you know, instructions to change the investment portfolio. That's Matt Reagan, president of a Philadelphia-based TAMP called Wealthcare that has tightly integrated financial planning into their investment outsourcing for advisors. I spoke with Matt about the need for more innovation and disruption in the TAMP space, how the recent spate of TAMP mergers and acquisitions is changing the industry, and a whole lot more on this episode of the Wealth Management Today podcast. Hey, it's another fantastic day in the wonderful world of wealth tech. Welcome to episode 76 of the Wealth Management Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Iskowitz, and I run a consulting firm called Ezra Group. We're experts in everything related to wealth tech. We deliver growth-oriented solutions to banks, broker-dealers, asset managers, RIA aggregators, as well as their wealth tech providers through our premium advice and targeted market research. On this podcast, I speak with some of the smartest people in the industry, who are on the leading edge of both technology and innovation. And please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share it on your social media networks. And now, without further ado, here is the podcast. And I'm happy to introduce our guest for this episode of the Wealth Management Today podcast. I have Matt Regan, uh, president of Wealthcare. Matt, welcome to the program. Thanks, Craig. Great to be with you. I'm glad for you to be here, Matt. Um, just you know, I'm um, I'm recording this. I'm actually in London here for uh, some family business. So I hope uh, nice. my uh, audio doesn't cut out. If it doesn't cut out, hopefully we'll, we'll keep it going here. Where are you calling from, Matt? Uh, outside of Philadelphia. The firm's based in Richmond, Virginia, but we have a small satellite office here in the western suburbs of uh, Philadelphia. Beautiful. I love Philadelphia. I grew up in the. Uh, in the New Jersey suburbs. Okay. Philadelphia. Okay, close by. And in Cherry Hill. Yeah. So, uh, Matt, can you give us a 30-second uh, elevator pitch for wealth care? Sure. So, <clears throat> we call ourselves a technology-enabled RIA. Uh, the firm was founded in Richmond, Virginia in 1999 by Dave Loper, uh, who invented the industry's first goals-based financial planning software. Uh, known in the marketplace as Financeware or Envision, or we call it GDX 360 for the goals-driven experience. Um, and on top of that goals-based uh, planning software, uh, we've created a fully integrated technology platform uh, that includes goals-based planning, uh, an investment framework, so a TAMP that uh, 
which we manage about three and a half billion dollars on behalf of our advisors, as well as a trading and rebalancing engine. So this fully integrated technology stack uh, is surrounded by uh, human capital. So we provide advisors compliance, operations, marketing, uh, trading and rebalancing, uh, billing services. Uh, and what it all adds up to is a, uh, an end-to-end -end platform that advisors can use to, uh, as a complete outsource solution to run their practices on. So today, uh, we support 150 advisors across the country, many of whom use their own DBAs, some of whom use the WealthCare brand. Uh, but all of whom are our partners and, and we provide them the services that they need to grow. I love hearing that story, Matt. I'm uh, just making notes here. So um, before we get into the details of what you just said and, and ask you some questions that we, uh, that I want to ask you about the, the market, the industry and what's going on. Um, you've got a long background in financial services. Uh, can you just give us a quick overview of, of how you got to where you are now? Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I actually started out on the clearing end of the business uh, uh, in the security lending department of a, a clearing firm. Uh, but really, my first uh, you know, engagement on the client side was I helped banks in the, uh, in the early 2000s build their online brokerage businesses. So uh, we had a joint venture with Wells Fargo. We started Wells Trade for them. Uh, PNC, some fund companies, T. Rowe Price. This is when all the firms were getting into online trading. Uh, from there, I, I joined uh, Bill Hambrecht as uh, one of the early employees there, and we built uh, uh, the open IPO auction IPO system, which democratized uh, initial public offerings. Uh, and I ran the broker dealer there. And after that, I, I worked for a few years at Vanguard, helping them to, uh, to build uh, the infrastructure that supports their robo-advisor. Um, so it all kind of adds up to a, a career where technology and operations intersect and, and we provide, uh, you know, as, I, as we do today at WealthCare, um, you know, innovative and disruptive tools to support uh, the growth uh, of, of alternatives to kind of the mainstream wealth management business. I just wanted to touch base on the, the Vanguard part. That's, that's really interesting. And the, I also think the Hamburg and Quist experience is interesting as well, but what, what do you think about the Vanguard's robo-advisor having built it? And, and what did you learn from that? Well, um, you know, I, I've said many times before, and, 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 and we, we, we would like to emulate what they've built there. I think, you know, of all the solutions in the marketplace um, that are leveraging digital technology, uh, planning, investments, uh, uh, as well as uh, trading and rebalancing, uh, Vanguard's probably got the business model right. Um, you know, uh, Dave Loper in, in, in the late, late 90s, early 2000s, you know, had this vision, uh, you know, and that's what WealthCare was really founded on, was the idea that uh, the technology platform supports the advisor. Um, and that advisor, you know, can be somebody that's more of a social worker than a, than a high-priced uh, financial, uh, you know, whiz. Uh, and, and the technology itself uh, is really the key to delivering the services. And that's where Vanguard is. I mean, they've got a, 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 you know, hundreds and hundreds of, of CFPs that are delivering uh, great service through, uh, you know, through a, an integrated technology platform. Now, I think Vanguard, you know, will probably screw it up as only Vanguard can. <laughs> I mean, their, their, call, their call times will be way too long. Oh, their yeah. clients will get frustrated. 
Their website will be hard to navigate. Their security system will be overly complicated. Uh, but the business model itself, I think, is is perfect. Well, they haven't screwed it up yet. They seem to be gathering assets at a pretty fast clip. So uh, that, that hasn't happened. The uh, So one another thing I wanted to talk about, which I think is, is interesting, is, is the move of, of TAMPs from what we used to call pure TAMPs or the uh, this, you know, the, the TAMPs that are offering really more investment-related services to the these, in, these, as you mentioned, a fully integrated technology stack. What was driving mm -hmm. that? Why did why is now seeing every every TAMP having uh, being able to have, being forced to, to deliver more technology solutions to the market? Well, you know, TAMPs really, if you think about you know where SEI started and, and you know, where the, the mega TAMPs, you know, kind of came from, that was the first thing to outsource. That was the first thing that made sense to advisors to outsource. I mean, they knew that they, you know, weren't very good at, at investments uh, and, and they were very happy to turn to somebody, you know, who had some expertise in there. Um, you know, certainly that's where Brinker built their business and, and again, SEI as well. Um, you know, so the, the idea that an advisor or a wealth management firm would be comfortable with outsourcing that piece of it was really the beginning. Um, but what I think has happened is, um, you know, particularly the investment only TAMPs, uh, the ones that are providing proprietary investment solutions, there, there's a challenge there if you're not at scale. Um, you know, they're getting pinched just like everybody else, you know, in the chain as far as fee compression is concerned. Um, so it becomes a scale business. And, and what we've seen is the emergence of, of mega players there. I mean, certainly Orion's acquisition of Brinker is a validation of that, you know, Investnet, SEI, uh, Asset Mark. I mean, these are, these are, you know, enormous, you know, 50, 60, $100 billion businesses. Um, so it's gotten to be really challenging for the smaller TAMs, particularly ones that only offer their own proprietary solutions. Um, you know, leave aside the fact that nobody can beat, you know, the S&P, you know, for the last 15 years and, and you know, active management has, has been a challenge until recently. Um, so what's happened is, is that they've, they've had to, and I think this is a really good thing for the end clients, is they've had to adopt and, and include and integrate uh, more tools. You know, first it was you need to have a good onboarding, you know, solution. Well, now it's onboarding proposal generation. I think the next generation, the next turn here will be the integration of, of planning uh, into the TAMP solution so that the plan is linked to the investment solution so that any change to the plan, you know, immediately kicks off, uh, you know, instructions to change the investment portfolio. Um, and that's, that's how we built Wealthcare. That's how, that's how, you know, we started uh, under that same premise. So, um, you know, I think we would we would humbly say that uh, things are coming in our direction after all these years. You would very humbly state that as a humble person. <laughs> That's interesting. We, we are seeing a lot more uh, planning tools being snapped up by bigger players and with, with, their, with the, the plans to the plans, the plans for planning. Their plans are to integrate them more tightly into their infrastructure, uh, fidelity and e-money integrating into uh, Wealthscape and uh, Investnet and Money Guide Pro integrating into their ENV2 enterprise platform and maybe uh, Tamarack as well, as well as integrating into insurance, their insurance exchange. So it's becoming a, a more of a, a, a seamless solution. It's one thing I've written about that there was, there's no reason for the financial planning data to be in a silo like it is in a separate app. 
it, it's just that's the way we've always done it. It's like, why is CRM in a separate silo? Well, because we always had a separate CRM app. So is, yeah. do you see this as a sort of going full circle where everything started out as one, like on a mainframe computer as one system, then broke it down to, to PC-based software where every, every app was its own, now kind of moving back to its own uh, one database for everything? Well, you know, I would also put it, you know, Orion's acquisition of advisor in there too. I mean, that's a really a validation of, of the model because, um, you know, ultimately to, to have the plan exist independently from the investment portfolio, I think does a tremendous disservice to the end client. Um, and as you describe it, I mean, that was literally the way that advisors did it was, you know, you went over here and did the plan and then you turned over here and said, okay, well, let me go pick a 60-40 or, or a 65-35, you know, and then, you know, never the twain shall meet. Those two, those two uh, you know, decisions never really intersected. Um, you know, and, and if you think about it, um, you know, United Capital did a great job of, of, of bringing those two together. Um, you know, that, that, that approach, you know, the FinLife conversation, the honest conversation, FinLife was really, I think, one of the early examples of the integration of, of planning and investments. Um, and interestingly, you know, uh, United Capital is a user of, of our planning software. That's really was kind of built on our planning software. So there's, there's some parallels there. But um, I, I think it's, it's unquestionable that, uh, you know, investments acquisition of money guide, uh, everything that's going on with eMoney and, and Orion and, and Advisor uh, validate the fact that uh, these, two, these two activities can't be separated uh, if you're doing right by the client. We all forgot um, Tegra 118 buying retire up. So everyone's picking up uh, planning tools with the, with the hopes of integrating. But when you mentioned United Capital, so I, I love what they've done uh, with FinLife and their um, um, money mind and the, those tools. Mm -hmm. And they they're really seem to do the right thing where they say, well, look, where can we add the most value? And the investing side isn't where the value is. We're not going to build a better portfolio rebalancer or a better, uh, you know, other types of trading tools or order management. Let's focus on the areas where we can add value, which is the client interaction, the onboarding part where you're learning about the client. And that's where FinLife and those money mind tools focuses. Do you see that as, as you know, where they went and why they used WealthCare for that? I do, yeah. And, you know, I mean, look, if it comes down to, you know, an, another discussion on active management, I mean, you know, Jack Bogle's got $6 trillion that says that we're wrong, that we can't beat it. Um, and, and so I think once you get to that point and you say, well, what really matters? I think to your point, it's it's the client experience. Um, you know, Mark Chucci, who's a, a, you know, who probably was as important as anybody at United Capital in, t in telling the story uh, and kind of proselytizing uh, you know, has great thoughts and, and has done a lot of deep thinking about, you know, the user experience, you know, where the client sees value in the conversation. Uh, and that's really the special sauce uh, of United Capital. And we aspire to that. Um, you know, I have my own concerns about, you know, where United Capital ends up, you know, uh, existing in the Goldman, in the Goldman firmament, if at all. Um, but I do think uh, that part of the conversation, the front end, you know, where you're putting goals, where you're prioritizing goals, where you're creating ideal and acceptable, uh, where you're having the big conversation. That's what our software is built on. And that's what the United Capital built. Uh, and I think that's what really is going to win the game in the end. 
I want to take a break from this episode to talk about one of my favorite charities. It's the Invest in Others Charitable Foundation, which is a charity that amplifies the efforts of financial advisors who give back to their communities and communities abroad. Invest in Others provides a platform for financial advisors, their employees, and their firms to increase awareness, visibility, and funding for their favorite nonprofits. Over the past 14 years, Invest in Others has given more than $3 million to 300-plus charities across a variety of causes, including health and wellness, education and youth programs, arts and culture, hunger and poverty prevention, and military veterans and more. For more information, please visit investinothers.org. Follow them on Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and please make a donation and check if your company will match your donations. You'll double the benefit. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. So you're leading me into another question here. So, so where do you see Goldman fitting United Capital into their overall infrastructure? I, you know, I can't say for sure, um, but I do think, you know, one way to look at it is um, uh, that the acquisition of Folio uh, may be more important at Goldman than the acquisition of United Capital at the end of the day. Um, because I think that they can quickly monetize Folio and fractional share trading and direct indexing uh, to create investment products. Um, and that's certainly going on in the industry. There's a lot of, uh, you know, the acquisition of parametric last week. I mean, I, I see that, I see that as something that Goldman can monetize and monetize quickly with, you know, with the GSAM business, the asset management business, um, you know, where UC is going to end up in there. I don't know. I mean, it, you know, we, we compete against them to recruit advisors to the platform. Um, we haven't seen as much of them. I don't know if that's uh, a pause or if that's a, a conscious business decision, but you know, I think we'll have to see. We will have to see. And there's been a lot of speculation about where they're going to fit that in. So back up a stack. Uh, you mentioned yeah. that FinLife, uh, they use part of your technology. Which part do they use and why? Well, uh, when, when UCP, uh, you know, put their, their, their stack together, you know, it was built on Salesforce was, was, you know, the original, uh, you know, super integration that they did, which again, that's the client facing piece. Um, and in the middle of that, at the outset, um, they, uh, they embraced our financial planning software, which they, they knew as financeware um, as the goals-based solution. Uh, so the, the uh, United Capital Advisors would uh, go through the honest conversation uh, you know, goal prioritization, and then they would move over and use our planning software. Um, I think, you know, along the way, they kind of, you know, you know, appropriately uh, broadened their offering to include eMoney and Money Guide Pro as solutions because advisors were coming to them, uh, you know, w- with that as their planning software. So uh, we're one of the solutions there. Uh, but I think the spirit of goal prioritization, uh, some of the work that we did around, um, you know, uh, creating multiple goals, uh, has been, you know, in, integral to, uh, to the success of, of FinLife. And they've, you know, look, we, we give them all the credit in the world. We, we think they did wealth care better than we did in some cases. They were, they were better marketers of the solution. You know, at the same time, uh, we were focusing on a little bit of a different model, uh, providing, you know, kind of a full outsource solution uh, to advisors that were seeking independence and, and keeping their own brands. Um, and, and the reason is, Craig, is because, you know, you've written about this, you know, you know, quite effectively, um, you know, if advisors aren't creating, uh, you know, repeatable, scalable businesses, 
that have a framework of philosophy and an approach, they're not creating true enterprise value. Um, you know, we have advisors come to us all the time. You know, we, we support quite a few ensemble practices. Um, and when they talk about the valuation of their firm, um, you know, we have to tell them, look, if you have seven advisors that are all doing seven different things, seven different ways, um, you don't have a lot of enterprise value in your practice. It's only when you can create a repeatable practice, a, a scalable practice, you know, Mark Tiburgian will tell you about this, you know, to the better than anybody else. That's where you create true enterprise value. Indeed. Talking about um, how you compete. So can you explain a little bit about how wealthcare competes in the market? Uh, when you say you, you compete against United Capital, you probably compete against Carson Group. You, you know, there's a lot of um, firms out there offering platforms, you probably compete against independent broker dealers, right? They offer technology platforms and compliance solutions, right? So the affiliation. So what's your, your messaging and, and how do you compete? What, what types of uh, firms are you looking at? Yeah, so you, you, you're spot on. I mean, those are the people that we, you know, that we compete against. Uh, our story is a little bit different um, in the sense that we actually have, you know, for better or for worse, a proprietary technology stack that is our own. And the one, the only one at this point um, that's, that's completely integrated so that one ticket runs through the process from the planning to the investments, to the implementation, trading and rebalancing. We call it the IPT process for the investment policy ticket. Um, so it is literally, you know, one, you know, fully integrated technology stack from end to end. Now I'll give, you know, I'll give our competitors props. They've done a, a really nice job of integrating best-in-class tools. So a planning software can be integrated with a TAMP solution and, and stuck on top of a portfolio management and record-keeping system. And you can put, you know, Sugar CRM in front of it and you've got a nice, a nice solution. Um, but ours is different because it's, it's proprietary. Um, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, when there are other parts of the market that we don't compete with. In other words, we're not writing checks like Wells Fargo to get the next group from UBS for 330 times trailing 12. I mean, that's not the game that we play in. Um, and likewise, you know, if, a, if an advisor is looking for, you know, a desk, a warm desk and a compliance officer that doesn't pay very much attention and the highest possible payout, that's not the game that we're playing either. That's, you know, that, that's a different part of the market. Indeed. So the proprietary technology stack, we mentioned that earlier that more TAMPs are building those out. So what is the, the, the next step for these? Where do, where do you see these technology stacks going? I mean, InvestNet was one of the first ones to have uh, to merge the TAMP and technology and a lot of firms have followed on. But once everyone has that, what's the next piece of technology you see that becomes table stakes? Well, you know, I, I might take that in, in a little bit of a different direction. I think, um, I, I think it might be kind of, you know, yelling into the wind where, where the technology goes, because I do see the consolidation of the TAMP industry as more important than anything else. I mean, I think you're going to get down to a handful of players and they will have great technology. I mean, Asset Mark has great technology already, you know, InvestNet, um, you know, I think is a little bit distracted right now because, you know, the, the, the lowest hanging fruit there is, you know, what they can do with the insurance size and they can really monetize that, that marketplace. Um, so the integration of Money Guide and the InvestNet TAMP, I think, is the next thing. I don't think it's there now. Um, but I think the emergence of, you know, kind of the handful of large players in the TAMP world 
is going to be more important than the technology improvements that come around the edges. Uh, I'll be interested to see what you know firms like Adhesion and Investmark do because they've you know they've taken the fateful step of of being TAM technology providers that have a TAM. Um, you know, not everybody goes in that direction. Uh, Tegra uh, is happy to provide TAMP technology and not be a TAMP, uh, for instance, to use an example that, that, that you talked about. Um, so, but I, no, but, but I think table stakes are going to be, you know, uh, you know, a very, very, uh, you know, strong planning front end that integrates the plan with the investments, slick onboarding, uh, a digital delivery system, uh, you know, Maybe the last thing that'll come along is that user experience that we talked about. Um, but I think, you know, proposal generation uh, and then and then, you know, ultimately, I think it has to back into uh, a household based trading and rebalancing um, that has the logic of a wealth care or a life yield in it, um, because that's the other piece of this that, uh, you know, we'll, we're never going to go back to is, is running, you know, portfolios at the account level. The household level just has. Uh, way too much tax alpha associated with it. So I think all of that together means that you're going to get, you know, an end-to-end solution uh, that that serves clients, you know, at, at the household level. So you mentioned Life Field. Uh, do you guys work with them? No, it's it's interesting. Uh, we we know them well. Um, we ha- uh, and 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 what's interesting is. Um, Again, to go back to Dave Loper, who founded this company, uh, he, he you know, started with the premise that uh, the implementation of an investment solution has to be done at the household level um, because of, you know, uh, tax location and, and uh, you know, smart withdrawals, uh, tax loss harvesting. Uh, that can create so much tax alpha uh, within the household that it's, uh, you know, it, it's the best way to do it. And we've had that as a philosophy all the way along. LifeField, I think, has done an awesome job of creating a tool that tracks and quantifies the tax alpha that's created. Um, you know, the Morningstar study from 2014 um, that talks about uh, alpha, beta, now gamma, uh, is talks about kind of the whole approach, the whole, the whole household approach that the advisor needs to take into consideration. And they came up with, you know, a rough back of the envelope estimate of 140 basis points can be created. Um, you know, LifeField has, you know, created an algorithm that actually puts a score on that. Um, you know, we've looked under the hood together and, and, and you know, the logic that we use in our process uh, is almost identical to theirs. Uh, but I think they've done a great job of, of, of kind of communicating the value uh, in a numeric fashion, uh, you know, that, that uh, you know, the implementation and, and, and the rebalancing uh, can provide. Matt, this has been a great conversation. Uh, I'm just about out of time. Uh, can you let everyone know where they can find uh, Wealthcare and how can they reach out to you if they're interested in learning more? Absolutely. So uh, wealthcaregdx.com is our website. Um, we are uh, you know, always happy to talk to advisors, advisory firms, uh, you know, those that are interested in the goals-based approach are interested in our uh, outsourced solution. Uh, and uh, if anybody wants to reach out to me directly, I'm Regan at wealthcarecapital.com. I'm happy to take uh, any and all inquiries and, and tell our story. But we really appreciate the time, Greg. Oh, I appreciate you being here. Thanks a lot, Matt. All right. Take care.